Respect My Crown, the podcast. Oh, I am so excited. Welcome to season four, our very first episode of season four for Respect My Crown, the podcast. Of course, Respect My Crown encourages women to deepen in spirituality, sisterhood, accountability, and service. Our guest today, she is phenomenal. I love this lady. I know her, okay? Now, she has been called to help people in the body of Christ to apply faith in every aspect of their life. And she does that through prayer, through writing, and through encouragement. She not only serves as the director of spiritual growth for Upper Room Heights, but she is also uh, an author. Oh my gosh. She has a, an incredible devotional called Third Person that helps people to be more intentional with spending time with God. She has a podcast called Apply Jesus. She is a devoted wife, uh, an incredible mother to three beautiful girls. I know them too. I can say that because I've seen them face to face. Now I haven't seen her dog or cat, but uh, in person. But I know them from Instagram. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. welcome, Amy Vogel, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I you. am excited for you to be here. Yeah. So you and I met. Gosh, that was like 2019. It feels like 20 years ago. I know, it feels like a long time. 2019, I had just came on board as the director of digital marketing mm -hmm. for Upper Room. And one thing about Amy, <laughs> she she's the type of person people gravitate to. Well, which makes sense because you're, you're an Enneagram type three. Yes. So the type three on Enneagram, which is probably one of the most accurate personality tests that I know, but you are the achiever, you're a yep. successful person, right. but people people like threes. Like you're just yeah. a well-liked right. person, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, I think it's the, the it, when you're a healthy three. Yes, yes. This is what I'm finding out. When you're healthy and you've done the work to get over the, everybody look at me, then yeah. it's the, if you win, we all win. Yes. And so it's that mentality. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because you're, you're learning about the Enneagrams, right? Yeah. So I know for an unhealthy three, okay, they like to hide their mistakes so that they're not exposed. True. What is the last mistake you made that you tried to hide? Oh. <laughs> and and so for me, you gotta, I gotta ask in which area of my life are we it talking work? It could be work? any part. Could are, be we any part. <laughs> are we talking marriage? Are we talking? You. It's up to you. Because <laughs> I got all sorts of people that call me out. So. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Hmm. mistake. Well, I was tempted today. I really was because um, we had it, some issues with our, uh, we're still doing church online, or at least we did today, and there were some pieces missing of the service that we had recorded, and oh. it just, it, it, the footage came in late to the editor, and all this stuff happened, but I forgot to preview the service. So I didn't notice yesterday oh. when I got the link. So I was... I started the text back to the group, and I said, um, I was like, oh, well, it looks like we missed so-and-so, and then I deleted it. It was like the Holy Spirit was like, no, no, no. Just you. No, no, no. That was your job. And so I had to own it and Aww, say, well, I'm sorry. Good. So, yeah. So, lot, stuff like that happens yeah. all the time. And so I've I've learned that there there's always the temptation. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Always temptation, and especially for threes, especially for people who um, are high achieving and high performing, because you want people to think well of you. Oh yeah. So. Well, I'm a type one, so we don't make mistakes. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely. We're not. perfectionists. We yeah. just don't ever make mistakes. Never. No. I have never seen you make a mistake. So I can say that confidently. You'll see it a hundred times during this interview. So, well, Amy, I'm so glad that you're here. There's so much that, that we can absolutely talk about. Yeah. Um, you play a leadership role mm -hmm. in church. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious to know what type of advice you would give to upcoming women mm -hmm. who are, are soon to be leaders. So I think the, so in no particular order, just as they're coming to me, I definitely say that expect challenge, yeah. expect obstacles, expect people, not necessarily just men, women too, to stand in your way, to argue mm. with you. There may be the honeymoon period where everybody thinks you're great, you're new, we yeah. love you, yeah. but you're, you're going to hit a wall. Yeah. You're going to hit obstacles, and usually those are people. Especially in ministry, people who have differing opinions. But for for me, I've learned conflict, if handled well, can be an opportunity for growth. Whether mm. that's in a relationship between two people or just growth for yourself. Yeah. So to me, that's the second point: is that you have to constantly be working on your own self awareness. You have to know what yes. your strengths are, but you also have to know what your weaknesses are you have to know what your bandwidth is oh yeah because if you've if you've got other stuff going on in your life including your own self you need to factor that in because I was in sales for over a decade and there's no comparison in sales as much pressure as there was to meet the commission to meet you know to meet the quotas there's no comparison to ministry because you're serving people and you're serving God and you want to do well mm -hmm. but there's such a turn t temptation to not turn that off and mm. not take time for yourself. Yeah. And so you have to know what, wh how to how to surf that, that those feelings. Yeah. Because it can get really unhealthy and you can burn out really really. I'm quick. glad you said that because yeah. how do you balance? You're a mother, a wife, you are a servant, right? Yeah. And you have the leadership role, mm -hmm. uh, and you're the caretaker of some animals so <laughs> which are the most popular things on my instagram by the way nothing so, nothing compares know, to the dog and cat videos. is there really even balance or how have you figured it all out over yeah, the years so for the longest time i thought it had to be a weekly view like mm. i had to a certain percentage of time had to be here and here and here you know in, in the different buckets in my yeah. life but when you have a husband, you have children, you have people that you're serving and working with. It's a day by day being <laughs> present to mm -hmm. how you are each day. Yeah. Um, we had, I'll use a recent example. We had my oldest senior girls formal uh, a week ago. Oh. And I know. <laughs> I don't want to cry on camera. Oh, so we're not going to, I'm just going to compartmentalize <laughs> and not talk about that. <laughs> <sighs> um, but, um, so we had her, her formal, it was great, but we had a super busy day leading up to it. And so Monday, I, just, I did not feel good. I was feel good. overextended. And um, so I was just, you know what, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to rest today. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to rest today. And if I feel like I'm, 
able to do something later in the day, which is what ended up happening mm-hmm. when I kind of gained my strength. And, yeah. Um, so I, I have learned to very much pay attention to how my physical body feels because that's going to really give me an indication of what's happening with my soul. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, I would say 99% of the times my physical, how I feel physically is a result of how I'm feeling spiritually and emotionally. Mm. Oh, so, that's good. So that's, I'm working on that in therapy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being a doer, my therapist is always like, you have to be, you just have oh, to be, yeah. you have to learn how to be a human being, not a human doing. Yes. So, I mean, oh she, yes. She said that a thousand times. Oh yeah. But so. it's so true yeah. because we are spiritual beings, yeah. right? Having a human experience. Right. But um, I'm glad you mentioned therapy because, mm-hmm. you know, in some places in the church world, you know, we are told that we, there, you know, you, you pray, yeah, you seek God, which mm-hmm. we know is absolutely true. Absolutely. But, um, you know, outside of church, mm-hmm. you know, there's not any other space for anything else. And you go to therapy. You and I have actually had talks about, you know, going to therapy and how important yeah. it's been for you. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you say to the people who are like, therapy? What do you mean? Right. The word of God. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great place to start. And if you would read, in fact, one of the, the Psalms I'm meditating on every morning is Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. And it talks about oh, how yeah. God knows everything about us. Yeah. So... God wouldn't be surprised if I came to him and said, you know what, I'm feeling really torched. God yeah. know, God already knows. God made me. God made everything about me. Mm-hmm. And so to go get help and to go seek not just self-care, but really soul care, mm-hmm. to be a better servant, to be healthier, to be more present, to be able to honestly to pray better. I mean, yeah. when I'm, I'm in a healthy place, I pray better oh yeah it just feels more effective yeah Uh, but I started my journey in therapy almost I can't I'm losing track of the year so it's 2022 so 2018 Mm -hmm. because I remember when people it it went on for um, I don't know probably about three or four months I was noticing anytime anybody had anything negative to say about the church about the ministry it would be a insult against me personally. Mm. And so I recognized through the course of starting therapy that my identity was completely tied into the success of the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so my identity wasn't in Christ. My identity was in the success of this ministry oh, wow. and the success of the way things looked, my, the way my marriage looked, the way, you know, what my children were doing. So it was a real identity check. Wow. And um, and so that's why I started therapy is because if I'm getting mad at some of my best friends because they have some feedback, some constructive criticism about the way that we're doing church and I can't even hear it from yeah. people that I love. Oh, yeah. That is a problem. Yeah. So that was really how I had, uh, I started my, my therapy journey was to, um, to, find my my true identity yeah. in Christ outside oh, so of good. the 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 ways that I function and show up in this world that's not my identity yeah my yeah. identity is you are the beloved of God yeah. you are my daughter in whom I am well pleased yeah. and so if I don't start there every day which is where Psalm 139 ties in if I don't start there every day then there's going to be some rough patches on yeah. the day. Oh, yeah. And, That's so good. Yeah. And honestly, just starting from that place makes me 
effective is the wrong word, but it makes me approach every role in my life with more peace and more purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's essential for people to know who they are and really have that, that place where you get anchored and it's going to look it's i mean it's certainly changed my quiet time has certainly changed over the course of this pandemic and yeah oh gosh you know, yeah i've i've had days where i've prayed and prayed for hours and then i've had days where eh, not so much so <laughs> yeah got you a good 10 minutes there lord <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's it's i think we're all being forced to it, to have the opportunity to be invited into learning about oh, ourselves yeah. So. yeah it was almost not really so much of a choice because, right. you know, it just happened and yeah. we found ourselves being with ourselves more than we've ever been, right? Right. right. Um, I know that in the last few years, I've definitely evolved. Um, like you said, my yeah. time with God has totally changed. It yeah. went from, oh, you know, let me slide this in real quick, you know, like, uh, like a routine. Yeah then more so now it is I am actually very intentional yeah. with with spending that time matter yeah. of fact you have a devotional that I helps do. people with yeah. that tell us a little more about third person yeah so uh it's the book is called third person it's a 30-day journey to develop a relationship specifically with the holy spirit mm. that's why it's called third person third person of the trinity <laughs> got it <laughs> Uh, but um, it's intentional in terms of um, engaging with the the person of the Godhead that really is involved. Not that the Father and Jesus are. I mean, we're. I don't want to get on sticky theological ground, but you know, if the Holy Spirit indwells in us, then it is important to learn who that person is, who that person that we partner with on a daily basis. I mean. One of my favorite memes over the last couple of years is, um, it's, it says, um, you need the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues. And then it says, bro, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I mean, that's the truth. <laughs> that is actually the truth. <laughs> Walmart especially. Walmart especially. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's important to know who God is because, like any relationship, the more you get to know somebody, the more intimate becomes, but also mm-hmm. that just enhances and adds color to everything that you do yeah. in life. And and you see how much more God is present in the world. Oh, yeah. And so it's a 30-day it's a devotional where it's um, you have a scripture and it actually goes from the first appearance of the Holy Spirit in scripture, which is in Genesis 1-2, all the way through Revelation. Oh, wow. And so it, it explores very specifically the... The verses that um, that are specifically targeted to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's Spirit's personhood in action mm-hmm. in Scripture, and then so there's a devotional thought and then a prayer, and um, I love it. Where can people so, pick it up? So they can pick it up on my publisher's website, seedbed.com. If, in fact, if they just type in seedbed.com/slash/thirdperson, oh, okay, that was the right there. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, you and I have had some really transparent conversations mm-hmm. just about life yeah. and uh and some of those aha moments right where you're just like like you even just mentioned you know going to therapy and it was just like I had this moment where I kind of lost my identity or I thought my identity was in this and it wasn't um we're also 
teaching our children, right? Because mm -hmm. once we learn these things, we want to pour those into into yeah. our, our children. We both right. have girls. You've been helping me understand my teenager, uh, which has been wonderful. Look, understand. <laughs> right. I right. say that and <laughs> live with is probably more accurate, but yeah. But, you know, how are you able to to pass that along to your girls, you know, like sharing your aha moments with them so that they can learn from your mistakes and, and yeah. not even just mistakes, but right. just your life. Just life. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, my mom said something to me a long time ago when my girls were really young and she said, just remember when you want to have good conversations with them, get in the car. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm telling you, that is, that is almost like the, the car I drive is almost like the sacred space yes. because they, they really don't have any other distractions. They can be on their phones, but they don't really have, I mean, two of mine get car sick, so they really can't be on oh my their gosh. phones very much, but <laughs> that is for some reason, all distractions are removed. Yeah. Sure. You can have music on, but for some reason it is, it is that place where they are the most present. Mm -hmm. And so we have whatever happens to be on their mind if they talk at all, because that's another reality. Sometimes you just gotta let them be quiet and you spend some time doing your mindfulness practices yes. and your meditation and think about the word of God if they're not saying anything, but being ready to talk with them, not necessarily have answers. I think as, mm. as parents and as moms, we want to communicate that, that life wisdom, but the world that our girls are growing up in is vastly different than the world that we grew up in. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we are just ready to have a conversation, whether, you know, why is the world this way? Sometimes a really great answer is, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I can throw out all kinds of theories, but yeah. it confuses me too, because really yeah. they, they just want to be able to relate to the person that's there. Yeah. That they, they want to be heard. This was, an argument my middle daughter and I have all the time. She's like, you're not listening to me. I hear it all the time. I just want you to listen to me. Aww. And really what they want is to be validated. Yeah. And I don't I know specifically how you were raised as a teenager, but my feelings did not matter. No, they didn't. Mm -mm. They did not. I, I had, <laughs> well, and I sought that validation in all sorts of other things. Right. And, um, and so what I've learned and, um, not just through my experience, but through lots of reading and um, and talking with women who have you know have kids who are older than me, older than mine. Um, they they just want to be validated. They want to be heard. Mm -hmm. And they're not even so much looking for understanding because they're going to get that from their peers, but they want a safe place. Oh yeah. And if you as their their mom or their parent have always been that safe place, you want that to continue. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, in fact, on the way here. A good friend of mine, we're having, we're having a conversation and, um, you know, we were specifically talking about the way that we're approaching difficult conversations as my girls get older and how they're relating to boys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is, we've, we tend to make things very black and white and boil it down to its essence. Yeah. But they want all the complications. Oh, they don't yeah. want easy answers. They want, give it all to me yeah. so I can question it and pick it apart. And yes. So, Yes. It is it is no small feat it to raise isn't. a young woman. Oh 
No and I love it. It was so funny because one day I was really struggling with her um, mood. Mm. And I and it was just like, God used you, Amy. Because that <laughs> next day, I literally woke up that next morning and you had sent me a post like, how to deal with the moods of your teenagers. And I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is what I have right here. Right. And it was so helpful because yeah. teens and girls... Yeah. It's just sort of whole, a whole yeah. other level. <laughs> oh, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. People all, always, when they hear I have three daughters, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I know how to relate. I have, I have some of the same experiences. Yeah. Boys. Not so much. Not so much. I'm glad. So much, God, I'm actually glad I have a girl, too. Uh, yeah, because at yeah. least you have an idea. You have a clue, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like... Mm, I know what's going on here. Yeah. All right. I can see it. Yeah. But the main thing is, you know, you also just can't take take it personally. Yeah. Because most of the time it has nothing to do with you. But isn't that with so much stuff, yes. right? Just in the world in general. It's yes. like with people projecting and their own insecurity. We take so much stuff personally. Absolutely. That we just, we just shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, was the short answer to that. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned earlier that um, you have some people that are in your circle at church that may mm. come to you and say, like, oh, this is how I was feeling about this. Yeah. Let's talk about your tribe, because I'm, okay. I'm curious to know the, the women that are in your circle, or men, I guess people have men in their tribe too, yeah. um, you know, how do they keep you accountable? And when you... When you put these people in your circle, like yeah. what was the criteria <laughs> to make sure no you had criteria. a great try? Yeah, there was no God. <laughs> God led me. Um, I've, I've often joked that if I ever wrote an autobiography, it would be called Holy Stumbler because I just tend to Stumbler. stumble into whatever God has for me. Oh, and, that's great. <laughs> and being a part of the Upper Room, which is a multicultural church, we have people from all kinds of different backgrounds yeah. and different ethnicities, different races, different socioeconomic levels, mm -hmm. intergenerational, um, all the things. We're all trying things. to do all the things. <laughs> um, but uh, when I first, I guess, joined up and started volunteering with Upper Room, um, I was in a very charismatic phase, I'll say that. I'm still very charismatic, but I'm... I've tempered it a little bit. I've I've added some knowledge to my zeal. Let me oh, put it that all way. Right. And I ran with a crew. In fact, my pastor, my boss, Christian Washington, called us deep, deeper, and deepest. <laughs> that's how hard we would go into the Holy Spirit and go oh, into yes. prayer and you know, all of the I mean, this is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the hands. Yeah. And um and I loved it. It was great, but there began to be and by the way, I was deep. So I wasn't okay. even deepest. You wasn't even deepest. Uh, uh, wow. No. Okay. I was deep. There were there were two others that were even deeper. But um, it it became this this interesting dynamic because there were these women that I had been running with for a couple of years, and we were doing all the very charismatic things and learning all the very charismatic things, and it was very exciting to have an experience of God like that, mm -hmm. that's so expressive and oftentimes very explosive is, is wonderful, but also I've learned not sustainable. Mm. Um, you have to develop the relationship. Right. It's like the, the fireworks, when you fall in love with somebody, that's not gonna last you 50 right. years, right? right? So um, I began to see some points in our relationship with these other women where it was getting unhealthy, it was getting 
weird. It was bordering mm. on toxic. Mm. Um, and um, on the, this other side, I was developing friendships with Christian's wife and a few of my other prayer partners and people who had different backgrounds, different skin than me. And we could talk about experiences, shared experiences, but I was learning about where they were coming from and their different world perspectives. And so while this, these relationships were very shallow, mm. these relationships were truly the ones that were deep because right. they were teaching me about really the way that the world is and mm. learning to listen to someone else's experience. And there was a very distinct breaking point um, between me and this, this group of ladies um, and it was exacerbated. My dad um, passed away in 2015, and um, they, they they came to the memorial service, and then they were gone. Wow! Like not just a call, gone, like not nothing. just oh, wow. nothing. And here was this community of people at the upper room that, I mean, I was like their their sister. Yeah. It was yeah. like their father had passed away, right. and so they encircled me. They they all came. They all. Ch- I mean. And too much food, you know, <laughs> all of that. But yeah. that really, that showed me that God wanted more for me than just surface level, same look and feel that I'd always known. Mm. He wanted more and and much more of a mosaic type of relationship. Yeah. And so those people are, um, and I, I don't like to use the word tribe because tribe is, can be seen as very insular. Mm-hmm. And in this political com- context yeah. that we're in right now, it can be used really badly. But, <laughs> they, you know, they're just my people. Yeah. And I've yeah. even um, had conversations with some of the women and just said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm Ruth for, um, what, what is it? Ruth, I never get it right. <laughs> I should. I think it's like Ruth one twelve or Ruth 19 where she gives the pledge to her mother-in-law. Yeah. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I've actually said those words. Wow. to women who um, look nothing like me. And in fact, the only thing we seemingly had in common at first was Jesus, but now we've built lives together. Wow. So oh, it's been really beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. So I'm eternally grateful. Yeah. So. And you are working on something. I hope we're able to talk, uh, touch on it. At yeah. least you're working on a book that mm-hmm. also talks about race and is it race and faith put together um it's more of helping people specifically white people but helping people become aware of racial disparities within the church i don't think anybody should be surprised now in 2022 that we have racial disparities in in the (laughs) united states but there are still some people so if if people are um wanting to go deeper, wanting to learn more, and wanting to build faith around that and mm-hmm. how faith intersects with racial equity movements, racial um, unity uh, movements. Then, uh, So this project that I'm working on, it's called Dislocated. Mm. And um, it really it came to me after the murder of George Floyd where I was learning all of this about the church's complicity in uh, slavery and racism. And I just felt like I was... Like I had a, my shoulder was out of joint. Like Mm. my shoulder was dislocated. Like the thing that had been so much of an anchor for me throughout my whole life, my my appendage, my my church appendage, (laughs) had been dislocated Mm. from what I understood. And so this was me writing to to heal, but really come to a greater understanding of how I can be 
whatever adjective you, you know, whatever, or not adjective, I'm a writer, see, I don't know grammar, <laughs> but whatever word you use to describe it, whether it's advocate or activist yeah. or uh, accomplice or whatever yeah. word you use, just how to help people in the church engage with um, listening and learning and leading. Yeah. So. And you've been a great example of that. Um, you know, your leadership, and like you said, being in a place where you're multicultural, I could imagine in outside of your church circle, mm. um, when that moment happened with George Floyd, mm-hmm. that there may have been different views from mm. the people <laughs> around you. Mm-hmm. And you know, how, are, how do you navigate those moments where the people who are so close to you see something so differently? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, the short answer is, for about six months, not well. I did not do it well at all, because I wanted people to understand that um, their their way, their thought, their viewpoint was painful Mm -hmm. and was hurting other people. And so I just (laughs) went (laughs) absolutely, yes, and and, I mean, including people in my own family. Yeah, yeah. And, And so I've learned the hard way that um, you have to you have to ask questions you have to have you have to be present you have to have a relationship Mm -hmm. in order to even have those conversations and social media is not not the place it is not the place (laughs) but I've learned to make the invitation to people like hey I you know I've got a different perspective on this I've got some different experience I know people that have different experiences if you ever want to have a conversation yeah please contact me that's good but at the same time I'm not gonna water down some of my posts either you don't like it <laughs> you can just unfollow me I'm okay I know cool I'm not for everybody <laughs> right you can press it I'm okay, okay with not being for everybody it really is <laughs> in fact that was a conversation I had with one of my family members um it was with my brother and he said you know if you would just you would just um be nicer about it or if you just be more complimentary you know then then your mm. platform could grow so much and I had this epiphany I was like I don't have to be for everybody you don't have to be for everybody <laughs> and I wouldn't want you to change who you are right. at all yeah which is what I love and I love when you first told me about you know this project that you're mm. working on yeah and Amy said um this is for my people like <laughs> like because they need this right yeah. like, like right. <laughs> yeah but I had to figure it out and do it in a way that wouldn't be punching everybody in the face. Right. Because that doesn't That doesn't help. <laughs> right. She's so bold. She's so sassy. Right. Well, uh, Amy, I know you also have your podcast, mm-hmm. Apply Jesus. Yeah. And where can people find your podcast? And, <laughs> and, 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 and tell me the, the premise of the podcast. Right. So it's actually being released. The first season will be released starting this coming Tuesday. So oh, okay. January 25th. Um, it will be uh, everywhere podcasts are, okay. and it's really kind of the um, starter season. We were figuring out who we were and what we were doing because yeah. it was um, this class that I did on Monday nights, which was very much helping people. It, it became it became multicultural, but it started out for white people. Like that was Christian was like create a space white people can go and process. I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> so that's where it started and read a lot of books, did a lot of discussion groups, but then in 2021 it expanded out into more 
how to have conver- hard conversations about these different social issues. Yeah. And so then the idea became, well, let's, Christian said, start a podcast. And I was like, okay, because I know how to do that. So it started, um, it started just recording our Monday night studies and conversations. And so that's what season one will be about. Season uh-huh. two, which we start recording this week, um, in fact, I have three interviews this week, so I'm oh, learning, wow. learning a lot, and there'll be a lot of energy bandwidth balancing this yes, week. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it's no joke. Um, but um, that will be very much guest-style interview where I have people on that are passionate and involved in certain social issues, and so mm-hmm. season two is about reimagining how the church participates mm-hmm. in solving these social issues instead of being on the opposite side of it or or apathetic oh yes so it's it's gonna be that would be a great great. symposium yes that would be you know like a nice little town hall (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we're going we're yeah we're gonna be talking about a lot of a lot of difficult things but um the people that god has led me to invite are just so wise yeah and I'm so appreciative that they're like, sure, I'll be on there. And I'm like, it's going to be me and my mom listening. <laughs> we are so, all going to listen. Right, it's yeah. going to be everyone listening because we want to spread the we word. teach my mom a lot. <laughs> oh, Amy. So before you, I want to talk a little bit before we let you go about uh, resilience. Mm. And... Uh, you know, we all gain resilience or, or maybe even confidence because of the experiences that we have in life, right? Right. Um, you know, if, if we pray, God, I need more confidence, he's not going to be like, you know, I've wrapped up some confidence and here you go. Please don't pray that prayer. <laughs> Please don't pray for patience. Don't ever pray for patience. No. I learned that one the I prayed hard for way. patience yeah. and I got a Lonnie. A uh-huh. child. Right. A whole human. Yep. It's like, you want patience? Uh-huh. Look at this. Yep. Here you go. Yep. No, don't, don't, don't <laughs> Well, I want you to share with me a moment, maybe one of the most pivotal moments in your life where your resilience really kicked in. Hmm. Oh, there have been quite a few over the last 15 years. We've gone through some pretty major personal challenges. It started in 2010 when our our now 15-year-old, she was four at the time, she was diagnosed with cancer. Wow. And so she went through 11 months of chemotherapy and radiation. And um, not long before that, I had prayed for patients too. So I don't think they're related, but I just say don't. <laughs> just don't do um, And so you have no choice but to keep going. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes life is like that. You, you have no choice. There is no other person that's going to take care of what needs to be taken care of. And so you're just going to have to put what you need on the back burner. Mm-hmm. That's not really resilience. That's just dogged <laughs> determination to keep living, right? Yeah. You're just going to keep yeah. surviving. And then, um, and so we got through that. Praise God, she is completely healed. Oh, thank um, God. No, no issues. Um, and um, then, as I mentioned, in 2015, my father died unexpectedly. Like, oh, wow. Literally, he went to bed perfectly fine one night and just didn't wake up the next morning (laughs) I know and and so helping my mom get through that and um and that was another one of those situations where it was different because I wasn't trying to help somebody survive literally Mm -hmm. but I was trying to get her through and and 
ended up putting my own grief process on hold for about 11 months. Mm. Um, and so that, that really was a pivotal moment to understand that endurance is not the same thing as resilience. Mm. I'll break that down. Yeah, so in, endurance is being able to run and keep living and keep going and keep pushing through. Resilience is knowing when you have to stop and be and and be okay with the fact that you can say I, I just can't today. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe I'll wake up tomorrow morning and I'll be able to take one more step. But resilience is continuing to because this is the I know this is so important to you right now in this season. Resilience is knowing how to how to thrive. Yes. Endurance is about survival. Resilience is about thriving. And mm-hmm. so. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, like, but this is life. Like, is. this is what life looks it like, is. right? And, and then, and then, <laughs> um, in uh, 2018, my husband and I went through some serious marital issues, mm-hmm. and that to me was, I, th- I think, I had, God had been building me to that point to be able to stand for myself and stand for, ultimately, stand for my marriage and stand for our family. Mm-hmm. But also, I learned very quickly how to set real boundaries and how to hold those boundaries. I made a ton of mistakes, too, but yeah. I, I learned over the course of these last 15 years that um, it is, it is, you know, Philippians uh, 4.12 says, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Is that Philippians 4.13? We were playing a Bible nerd game. I got to get it right. <laughs> I got to get it right. You're close. I got to get it right. Um, But I I feel like we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Well, it's that strength that makes us resilient to keep going and to stand and fight for the things that he's given us to be passionate about and to understand that we're not to be passionate, not that we're not to be passionate about everything, but we can't be everything to all people all the time. We Mm -hmm. cannot solve every issue. Right. We have the body of Christ that together we can do that but as individuals we have to learn how um, to balance what God is calling us to do now and what God is calling us to do in the future right. and so I, those challenges as well as successes but I, truthfully I learn better from the harder stuff mm-hmm. um, that God is faithful yes. he is compassionate he is gracious he is long suffering and that is the well that I draw from to continue to be resilient and also know that my relationship is strong enough to withstand my doubts, to withstand uncertainty, mm-hmm. withstand failure. Um, and so it's, it's, it's more than just endurance. It's more than just strength. It's also the ability to say, God, I'm done. Yep. Here you go. This is yours. This is this is yours. Maybe I will pick this back up again tomorrow, but yeah. today for the day. In fact, I'll never forget. I read this somewhere that Pope John Paul II, his nightly prayer before he laid down every night, and I'm, I'll paraphrase, but he said, "Lord, I have served your people. I have loved your people. I have done everything that I can do today, but they're your people, and I'm going to bed <laughs> every night." That was his prayer. And in the morning, he got up and he he did it all over again. Oh wow! I love so, it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, I I will never forget that. That you know, it's just it's so important to know our our strengths but our limits. And I think that's where we find the resiliency oh, yeah. is, is the limits, oh. and that God can also take you beyond those limits too. He can. He can if he wants to. <laughs> 
anytime now, boy. Anytime <laughs> now. Because this is where we are most of the time, right? right. Are you? Yeah. All, right. All right. Oh, oh, that was so good. Well, Amy, I appreciate you hanging out with us today and being a part of the show. Um, when is the project going to be released? When when will we see it? Which one? The book. The, oh, I don't know. It's not even done Sometime. yet. I gotta edit okay, it. Great. Yeah, I'm I'm in editing, and then we will we will figure out a publisher that would even want to touch it with a ten foot. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. We'll see. I believe. I believe you're going to be really surprised I've because that. it's I've a conversation that that, yeah. that has to happen. Right. So, right. Well, we will be on the lookout for that. Thank we'll you. be tuned in to the podcast. Thank you. Us and your mom. Yeah. And yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and people can find you on social media. Yes. Yeah. I'm on Facebook at, at Facebook and Instagram. I think I'm just A W Vogel. Okay. Uh, but just. Apparently, my youngest has told me, if you just Google Amy Vogel, I'll come up. Because my youngest's internet stalked me. And, um, and she learned today that I had a YouTube, I have a YouTube page, but all those messages are really, really old. But, oh, right. well, yeah. we so want to see them. I'm sure yeah. they're very relevant. Yeah, sure. So I have to find you on YouTube. I didn't even know that. <laughs> right. Well, neither did she. So. <laughs> Look at that. Right. We're all learning together. Right. Instagram is the big one. Okay. I, I like to post on Instagram. Yes. It's fun. And you can look at all her cat videos. Yep. And those are the big ones. <laughs> Amy, thank you so much thank for you, hanging JJ. out with us today. Yeah, and you have tuned in to our very first episode of season four Yay. of Respect My Crown podcast.